This is Tending Seeds, a podcast about my adventures in homesteading and herbalism. I'm Sarah Schuster, and I'll be your host. Thanks for being here today. Hi, friends. Happy December. Thanks for being back here with me again. This is episode 19 of Tending Seeds. It's really good to be back with you and starting to get back to normal around here. November was a really tough month for us. We experienced several big losses. My grandfather passed away at the age of 83, which has been really difficult to process uh, for myself as well as other members of our family. We also had to say goodbye to Lady, one of our senior rescue dogs. She passed away here at home at the age of 14. I also injured my back at the start of the month, which took me about a week and a half to really get up and going again after. Both my partner and I also got sick a few weeks ago, Uh, luckily not at the same time, so we both kind of took turns trying to take care of one another. Anyway, so it's been a difficult month to say the least, but we are getting back on track here slowly but surely. Also, my mom just came and visited for a week, which was really great to both spend time with her, get to reconnect after my grandfather's passing, and just sort of, I think, check on one another and make sure we're both doing all right with that. And also just getting, you know, to spend a week with her was really wonderful and work on projects here. So as the year winds down, and not only the year, but the decade, uh, 2020 is right around the corner, hard to believe. But as the year winds down, it is time to put the garden to bed. And that is going to be our main topic for today. So hopefully at this point, you have gone through and gleaned everything you could from your garden area, including doing any seed saving that you wanted to do. If you haven't done that yet, go ahead and make sure you get out there and see what is able to be saved from out there to help you for the next seasons. I personally find seed saving to be incredibly empowering and it just feels really magical to plant seeds in the spring that came from what I grew the year before. I highly recommend checking that out if you're not sure how to do it. Um, You can basically Google and find on YouTube or, you know, books and other resources, but there are tons of free resources out there to learn how to do seed saving for pretty much any plant you can think of. So there's, like I said, tons of free resources. It's really magical and very economical as well. And as you save seeds and you can get involved in doing seed swaps, or if you live in a city or near a city like I do that has a public library that does um, a seed swap program, you can return seeds from things you've grown, and then those will get distributed to other growers in your area who are maybe just experimenting with gardening for the first time. So that's a really cool thing to be able to contribute to. It's also going to be time to put up any hoses or irrigation equipment you might have been using. There's no reason to leave them exposed to the elements when they're not in use. So check and make sure that you haven't lost any random tools in your beds and that your fencing is also in decent repair. Even if you don't want to do the fencing repairs now, at least you'll have it in your head so that you can start a little to-do list for the spring and know what you'll need to get working on. In terms of putting the garden to bed, You actually have quite a few options. This is a great time of year to add a nice thick layer of compost or mulches to your land. If you're into the layering method of lasagna gardening, then you might also be putting down layers of cardboard underneath compost, mulch, leaves, and or wood chips. Our previous winter here felt like four solid months of rain and mud. So this is a really great time for us to think about lasagna gardening for any new planting areas that we have mapped out for next year. 
because you can basically get all of those amendments down and then just let the weather do the work for you instead of you having to worry about it. And so you can just get all those amendments turned into gorgeous soil for next year and go ahead and just be ready to go for the spring to dig into that. I'm actually waiting on another chip drop for a growing area that I'm expanding out into for the next year. So I'm trying to be very deliberate in my planning of our growing areas and slowly expanding outwards. My goal is each season to go ahead and lasagna garden down the area that I plan to expand into for the following growing season so that I'm not overwhelming myself and I'm not using up resources that I don't need to and just growing at a slow, steady space that our slow, steady pace that isn't too overwhelming. If you don't want to mulch down your garden area, though, that is totally fine. You have other options. It's just really important to not leave your garden beds empty and exposed as just like an open expanse of dirt with nothing growing in it, because that is a recipe for soil erosion, which is definitely kind of one of the big enemies for us as gardeners and just as people that want to care for the land in general. You don't want to lose the nice soil that you've been working so hard to build up Uh, So another option would be to just tarp over your garden area. If you can afford enough tarps to cover everything, you can leave those tarps on until you're ready to start working the soil in spring. This is a popular method with some folks because as the ground heats up in spring, the tarps help hold in heat and then the higher temperatures will help in killing off weed seeds for you. You'll sometimes see this referred to as stale seed bedding. I personally have way too much area to tarp over since we're not just doing a small garden for us. We're also trying to grow, you know, commercially as a farm. So that would be a lot of tarps to cover that area. I also don't like using plastic on the farm if I can avoid it. But if you have a smallish garden, this can be an effective tactic for your space. I would recommend really doing some research on tarps. I think there are some alternatives to plastic tarps out there, um, possibly like linen, uh, like a heavy linen tarp. But again, those are probably going to be fairly pricey to do. So I think cost is definitely a consideration for this. So another option would be to look at cover cropping. So this is a way to keep something growing in your space so that you're not losing soil to wind and erosion. And but you're also not leaving your open beds to just sprout up weeds all winter long, that then you'll have to beat back and get rid of in the spring. And I can tell you I know it differs from bioregion to bioregion, but that is not a fun job here in Tennessee. We have a lot of weed pressure already going on pretty much all the time. Definitely don't want to just let weeds grow here. So cover crops can be really beneficial because you really have a lot of room to play around and research and select them to have certain benefits that you might be looking for in your garden. So there are things like different cover crops that have uh, long or spready roots to help break up compact soils, which for us, we have a really clay heavy soil here. So that's something that we take into consideration. You also can look at crops that are going to be nitrogen fixing. Do remember that for a lot of those properties, for especially like the nitrogen fixing, that depends on you actually leaving that cover crop material to be integrated back into the soil. So if you grow a cover crop to be nitrogen fixing, and then you harvest that crop and just remove all the plant matter. Depending on the plant that you choose, you may not actually be getting then the nitrogen fixing property. So you do need to like leave those plants there to get into the soil and be effective that way. So there's a ton of good research out there about specific crops that you can utilize for your land. And you can, again, find that fairly easily. For me as an herbalist, I really like working with cover crops that are also useful medicinally. So for example, um, growing oats or red clover, 
Uh, a note on clover, there are lots of different types out there, white clover, crimson clover, etc. But red clover is the one that has the most medicinal benefit. So for me, that's why I choose that particular one. Um, there are people that, you know, grow different clover mixes and they just like the color and the variety and they're not looking to harvest anything from that. And that's totally fine. So if your goal is mostly just covering your soil and having something pretty to look at, then you can do a variety and get a mix of colors there. And that's totally cool. One possible drawback for cover crops is that they do take a bit more work in the spring because you're going to want to have to turn them back into the soil about a month before you plan to actually start planting anything in on your land. So that is a bit more work to think about than just maybe tarping or mulching, depending on if you, you know, are doing no-till or not. So if you're doing a bunch of layers of mulching and stuff, and then you're going to have to till that under then, you know, if you're already tilling, then cover crops and turning those under probably won't be that big of a deal. We are doing no till here. And we tilled when we first got on the property, a small area, just because our soil had such deadpan to it. But the plan going forward is that we'll never have to till again. So for us, where that means we're manually like doing chop and drop with the cover crops and then leaving them on top of the soil to get... <laughs> to rejoin on their own and we're then layering, you know, compost and mulch over the top of them. So it can be a bit more work. Uh, I personally feel that the benefits are still worth it, but I did just want to mention that. A good resource that you can check out if you're interested in learning more about cover cropping would be Steve Groff. He markets himself as the cover crop coach, and that is the name of his business. He is a fantastic resource for information. He also recommends and cautions for you to start small if you want to begin to dip your toe into cover cropping. He has what he calls the 10% challenge, which means he is challenging you to increase your cover crop square footage by 10% per year. And I think that's a really good idea to not overwhelm yourself right out of the gate and try to cover crop, you know, your entire garden. So just doing 10%. So if you have, say, a 10 foot by 20 foot garden area and you do not currently do any cover cropping and you just want to try this, start with just 10%. So a 10 by 20 garden area, 10% of that would then be to cover crop a four foot by five foot area of your garden. And so you can do that for the first year or season. And then if you like the results, you can always increase by another 10% for the following year and just build up slowly over time from there. Another important part of putting the garden to bed happens indoors for me as well. I take detailed notes throughout the growing season, and I'll talk more about those systems as we go through the next uh, growing season and farm year. But I think for right now, at the end of the year, it's really important to write down a year-end wrap-up of what worked and what didn't work for you. You might think that you'll remember next spring or when you sit down to order seeds in a few months, but there's a pretty good chance that you're not going to remember everything. So I would really encourage you to take some time to do some reflecting now while it's still pretty fresh in your head from this current growing season on what changes you want to make for next year so that you don't lose out on these lessons that were so hard won that you put so much time into and picked up during this previous growing season. All right, that is going to be all for today. I hope you are heading into a great holiday season wherever you are and that you can find time to be with the people who matter most to you. Slow down a little if you can, sit around a fire, go for a walk in the woods, enjoy the snow if you have any where you are. We are in the season of endless amounts of tea, mulled cider, and hot chocolate, so I hope you're all living it up out there. 
As always, you can contact me with questions, comments, topics you'd like me to cover. My email is foxandelder at gmail.com. And you can also find me over on Instagram at foxandelder, all one word. Again, I hope you're doing well, enjoying the holiday season, and I hope you're getting in some good nourishing rest for yourself. Until next time, keep your hands dirty and your heart open. Mm -hmm.